the book of First Kings, verse 21. And Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was forty and one year old when he began to reign. And he reigned seventeen years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord did choose of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Naamah, an Amorithist. And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they committed above all that their fathers had done. For they also built them high places and images and groves on every high hill and under every <coughs> green tree. There was also Sodomites in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass, the fiftieth year, King Rehoboam, a Shechem, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. And he took away all, and he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's, king's house. He even took away all. He took away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. And King Rehoboam made in their stead brazen shields and committed them unto the hands of the chief of the guard which kept the door of the king's house. And it was so when the king went into the house of the Lord, that the guard bare them, and brought them back into the guard's chamber. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days. Now I want us to bow and pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence, I'm conscious tonight of the gravity of this moment. In this our God, you have ordained that we preach the gospel. Dear Lord, help us tonight, God, that we would say or do nothing that would glorify or magnify the flesh. But we might only do that that would glorify and magnify our wonderful Lord. Now, our Father, tonight I know that as I bow my knees, I'm incapable, God, of doing anything worthy of praise. Paul said in me, that is my flesh, there's no good thing. Lord, I'm glad tonight that on November the 23rd, 1943, Twenty minutes after twelve in Camp Walters, Texas, A Company, second platoon on the left, upstairs on the top bunk on the left-hand side as you go in the door, Lord, you put me into the ministry. And Father, I'm grateful for that. I thank you, Lord, tonight, God, that I'd rather be in this business as to be President of the United States. Lord, tonight I pray now, as I come, that every preacher would pray for me as he would have me to pray for him if he was standing where I'm standing tonight. Help there be no jealousy, no strife or envy among us. 
but God permit that there be unity. And, oh, God, may there be the precious power of the Holy Spirit to unctionize us. God, now, I pray, Lord, that the flesh will be crucified. And, God, if there's any wildfire breaks out, swallow it up with a real fire. God, do away with it. God, we don't need any shouting that needs a crutch under it. We don't have to work up the real thing. We don't have to hep it or prime it or pump it. God, just get under the spout where the glory runs out. It'll take care of itself. Help us now, God. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want you to notice with me some things that we've read in your hearing from this portion of the Word of God. And I trust that you'll bear with me and pray for me as I preach. Now, I was hoping that I would not have to preach. Now, wait a minute. That's not apologetic. I'm glad for the privilege. But driving along the road, I see occasionally a sign that said, Check the gauge and see if you need fuel. Well, I'm like my brother prayed here just now. I needed my tank filled up. Now, I was hoping that I'd just kind of get to sit down and hear all these men of God preach. But it's fair my lot. I want to do my best for Jesus and for His glory. To so preach the Word. When you leave here, you can say, I don't know what that long-legged drink of water's name was, but he sure did talk a lot about Jesus. And he magnified the blessed name of our Lord. Now notice, my friend, what we've read. We've read concerning Jeroboam and Rehoboam. We've read concerning the son of Solomon. And my friend, as he began to reign, and as he did reign, and my dear friend, some things have happened. If you notice in the last verse, the Bible said that between Rehoboam and Jeroboam, all the days of their life, they warred, and there was battles, and there was fighting taking place. But now notice some things in particular. I want you to see, my friend, that one day there was a battle begin to take place. And my dear one, the enemy of God came up against this man of God. And the Bible tells me that he began to do some robbery. He began to take away some things. And if you'll notice back in the Bible, God had ordained some things that were to be in the temple. And Solomon, though he could not build the temple because he was a warrior, and our David, because he was a warrior, it was turned over to Solomon. And so it was built. And the vessels were in there that God had ordained it should be in there. But notice now, the enemy came upon the house of God, and he began to do robbery and take away some things out of the house of God. And he carried them away out of the house of God and took them away with them. But now notice, 
I want you to see this. When the discovery was made that the golden seals, which speak of purity, had been robbed from the house of God, there was something done that I feel today has been copied in many of our churches. Instead of going after the enemy and taking back that belongs under God Almighty, a cheap substitute was put in its place. And my friend, hear me. Notice what the Bible said. It was a brazen image or a brassy thing. Notice, my friend, today, I go in churches all across the country. This year alone, in 46 weeks of revival, in 1972, I only have eight weeks that are not booked in revival. And here's what I'm finding. The dead of the day have stole a lot of things out of our churches. And we're sitting around like a little old bunch of mamby-pamby, a pussyfoot and air tickling, a back pattern compromising, a watered-down cast from your toast preacher, and say, let him have it. I can get along without it. But brother, you hear me today. The devil stealing some things that we can't get along without. We can't do without. He stole some things today. Now, would the God was back in the church. Amen. He stole a fervency that we used to have. We don't have no more. Amen. Brother, you get your head up here. I'll let you know when we're going to play, boy. You look at me. Amen. The devil stole our fervency. The devil stole my friend, our tears. We need a revival of tears. I mean, somebody listen. I'm sick up to here of having meetings. Well, I want to see it old fashioned. Holy Ghost, God sent. Have a revival. That'll fall in the midst of God's people with tears and power. You go walking into churches and they'll meet the evangelists and say, uh, I want to show you my plastic bags. I don't care nothing about your stinking plastic baptistry. Usually it's got the Christmas decorations in it. Amen. Amen. I don't care nothing about your baptistry. Bless you. Or your heart. I'll tell you about it. They'll show me the DuPont 501. Then as they walk out the door with pride busting their buttons off, They'll say the steeples prefab. Amen. Amen. Folks, it's not plastic babsters we need. It's not DuPont 501 we need. It's not prefab steeples we need. It's the real old-fashioned unctionized heaven-sent power of God that we need in our midst. I'll stand our people. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach on. And they carried away those golden seals. And the earth is a little bitty pipsqueak of a preacher said, uh, no need in go and try to get it back. I'll just make me some kind of looks like it. They got him some brass and he began to make him some cheese. Well, there's just one thing wrong with brass. 
We've got to keep it polished. Now, gold's quite different. And some of you dear preachers right now, right now you're about to collapse physically because you've got more brass in your church than you've got gold. Amen. Here you are. God bless your stinking little backslid heart. You're running around from house to house, uh, drinking coffee and eating cake uh, and sweating blood, uh, polishing a bunch of old brassy church members. Uh, when if there's gold, hallelujah, you wouldn't have to polish them. Just let them alone. You don't have to polish real gold, honey. And the value of it don't go down either. Amen. Some of you fellers, God bless you. Look up here, boy. A lot of these poor old preachers, you don't have to preach their eyes closed. I don't. I can look right straight at you. Amen. Fellers said one time, why do they have to preach their eyes closed? I said, if you had to look at what they had to look at, you'd close your eyes. Amen. My God, he said, now there's no need of trying to get it back. A lot of you have lost those old saints of God. Oh, they may not have spoke good English. They may have been a little backward. They may not have been as cultured and refined as the man that lives in the $20,000 home. But they had a shout in their soul. They had the power of God. Oh, they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed till they prayed, and the tears had rolled. Amen. Well, we lost some things, you know. The devil stuck some of our gold away. And he said, now, we just, uh, there's no need getting all shook up about it. Well, I can make some of them look almost like they did. It won't be the same. I know it won't be exactly right. And, but we'll make something that looks like it. So he made you some brass shields. And uh, the one thing, you're in the army. I learned to hate brass and jeweler's rouge. Watch these old XGIs. Amen, amen, amen. I despise brass. Can't take it. <laughs> I never will forget. I was sitting in that barracks with that old... Have them old army blouses back then, you know, that big string of buttons down through here. Boy, I tell you, I was, I listen, I, I want to be a good soldier. Boy, I'd pop, put that old jeweler's rouge on that brass buttons, you know, and I'd just polish. Oh, I'd just scrub, and I'd scrub, you know, and, and then I'd polish some more, and it'd spot. Oh, listen, it'd shine. Man, I think it's nice. I'd polish half the night, get ready for Saturday inspection. Late that night, sometime the humidity would go down. And it'd get a little damp. As you hillbillies like myself say, damp. It'd get a little damp, you know. And the humidity get way low. And I'd get up the next morning, and I'd look at them old brass buttons, and they'd get old green canker around it. Amen. Watch these preachers say, amen, amen, amen. You know, I don't know what kind of members you got, boy. Amen. You've been polishing them jaybirds and trying to get along with them. 
You've been trying to keep them in church, and you've been trying to hope that they won't run off and leave you. Be one of the biggest God's blessings you ever had in the world. If you lose some of that stinking brass, oh, glory to God, and get on your knees and say, Tell God gave you some gold. Hallelujah. Brass and gold. He replaced it. Some of you birds have replaced some things, haven't you? Oh, you just keep that all polished up. Here you run. And they'll grunt you find church members. They'll grunt and you say, Oh God, I gotta go. Amen. You've got to lay at their house about oh at least six or seven times a month. Oh, you've got to make your little uh, a monumental ram. By God the mercy. Preacher, you hear me. If you've got some real gold church members, you won't have to pound them and tell them hallelujah. You won't have to tell them best God how good they are. You won't have to go around all the time uh, eating at their house and sleeping on their doorstep. If they're gold, hallelujah, they'll be there. I never will forget. See, I'm an evangelist now. Some man told me tonight before we come to church that an evangelist is a man who's too sorry to be called to church as a pastor. That is what you said, ain't it? But God let me pastor for 20 years. There's some of my ex-members here, and I praise the Lord for them. I pastored for 20 years. I know the heart of a pastor. I know the nights of weeping. I know the times of heartbreak over wayward members. I know that. I know that. But I know, bless God, the joy of knowing when you find real gold. Never will forget an old lady we used to have in our church. Now, you just sat there. I ain't a bit of her. Used to have in our church, you know, one morning she came up to me and said, Brother Blue, said, I was sitting on the pew this morning, and I, I fell under the pew and said, there's old chewing gum all over the pew. Said, if you'll let me next week, I'll get me an old fruit jar. I'll lay down under the pews, and I'll scrape it all off, and I won't drop none on the floor. Please let me do that, Brother Blue. That wasn't brass. No man that had one leg. He said, I sure wish you wouldn't hire nobody to cut your arm. I'd like to do that. That wasn't brass. That was gold, honey. Amen. One old fellow said, can I, can I watch the windows? I said, yeah. He come up to me one Sunday morning weeping, and he, I said, brother, what's the matter? He said, I saw a glass I missed over yonder. He said, I'm sorry, preacher. He said, it won't be that way next time. I'll keep it real clean. Any of you members ever have these members come to your church and Boy, right after the service, you know, here you are up on the mountaintop and you preach that glorious message. And they'll come and say, bless God, this is just what we're looking for. I mean, this is the kind of church, well, I know this is what God wants us. Next Sunday. They said, now, listen, preacher, I'm one of them members just can't sit down. i got to have something to do. 
And you say, well, glory to God, that's fine. I've got a ditch that needs to be dug right out there behind the church. And that crowd will usually say, pardon me. <laughs> that's blast, boy. Amen. That's blast. That real gold, hallelujah. I'll guarantee you right now, you won't have to pamper them and pet them. They'll be there when the going's rough, when all hell's breaking loose, when the other members are cussing the preacher, when the church is down the valley, when people are holding their ties out. Oh, my God, tonight, I'll tell you that real gold will come to the front, hallelujah, and say, Pastor, don't be discouraged, hallelujah. Well, stand on the battle line, and God will polish them up. Amen. You better quit running after that bunch of old brass. Some of you think you're running going to get somebody's sheep. Well, these days they go back, and you know it's not sheep. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I've got every sheep stealer in the crowd picked out already. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, notice now. He replaced it. He put a reasonable facsimile. He put something that looked right, but it required diligent polishing. It required diligent, diligent care. Preacher, you listen to me. That member that goes to the hospital, by chance you don't find out about it. They come in. About a month later, a week or two later. And you find out then they've been in the hospital. If they're real gold, they won't pout at the two preachers. If they're real gold, hallelujah. Real gold doesn't require a lot of polish. It's going to be gold whether you paint it or not. Amen. And its value stays high. Amen. So listen to me, those members, those members of yours, my friend, that they may not be in the $20,000 brackets, but brother, they're faithful, and they're consistent, and they're kind, and they're sweet, and they're soul winners, and they're tithers. Well, you won't have to pet them. Just preach to them, hallelujah. Tell them what God's Bible says, and they'll be all right. Amen. All right. He replaced it now. He replaced it with brazen uh, uh, objects of brazen quality, and it required a lot of polish. But now notice. Notice now next. He never only got the, the, the seals out of the house of God. He didn't only do that. He went up to the king's house. And the Bible said he got all. He took away all. Everything. Now, if I was a robber, and I was going for the palace, Buckingham Palace in England, I'd go for the king's jewels. Wouldn't you? I mean, if I was going to really go for robbery, brother, I mean, I'd go whole hog. I'd go for everything that was there. And he went into the king's house. 
And the Bible doesn't say, but it does say he took away all. And I believe in that hall that he made, that was jewelry. I believe there was diamonds of great value. Now, brother, I believe they were there, don't you? I believe they were great value. I read a story some time back concerning diamonds, and I'm told that there in Africa, where many diamonds are, that there was a workman, a common laborer, a common laborer one day out in the rough, and one of the diamond fields picked up what he thought was nothing more than a piece of melted or molten glass. He picked it up and was about ready to throw it down. And somebody shouted and screamed and said, No! That's one of the biggest diamonds I've ever seen. Now, I've told you about some things about gold. But now then, let's talk about the diamonds that he must have got up at the king's house. Here's another, another a great thing that there's much to learn about. Now, somebody said, Preacher, how does a diamond come about? It's born under pressure. Hallelujah. Great pressure. One day I staggered to my knees under a pressure that was crushing me down. Hallelujah. Mm. A woman saw me preach one time and said, He's uncouth. Well, I didn't know what that was for a long time. I thought for a minute, one time she was telling, boy, he's really having a time. Come to find out that wasn't hardly what it was. He started to throw the diamond away. There's many of you that have discarded some real diamonds. Amen. Now, I want you to get this. Somebody thinks when you walk down by a jewelry store that that beautiful diamond in there displayed on that velvet pillar, it's always been that way. But not so. Not so. When it was first discovered, it had a black gummy substance around it, all over it. And that on there, and had old rough, jagged edges. Out all over it. Now, I want to say this. There's some of you preachers. Come on, boy, get your head out. I'm going to do it. You're praying for me, ain't you, boy? I feel her coming through. Amen. There's a lot of you preachers that have tried to do your own diamond cutting. And you've done nothing, brother, but wind up with a bunch of flaws. Just some old chips. Amen. Just a bunch of something, my friend, that never will be useful for anything. That diamond was taken to an expert diamond cutter. He examined it. And only when that eye had looked down deep into it could it. Woo! Oh, God. Only when he looked down deep into it could he see the real quality that was enclosed in them rough jagged edges. I ain't much, and I know that. But I remember a day, D.A. standing by the Elmin Railroad. An old train come by, 
and the caboose stopped out from me. The only the old conductor of that freight train got off and come over to where I was standing. You wouldn't have saw nothing in me. But he said, Why aren't you in school? And I wasn't big enough to have too much pride. And I said, I ain't got no clothes. You know, my heart was touched. He said, Son, are you saved? And I said, No. He said, Boy, you be standing out here. And he told me about three or four days later when he'd make his round. He said, I'll come back by. You be waiting for me. Oh. That old freight train come by. The engineer pointed to the back of the train. I waited, Mary. My heart was pounding. He throwed off a package when he come to work back. There's a pair of blue overalls that nobody never had. He wasn't handing me down. That little old blue shirt that ain't never been washed. That'd be a new pair of boots for the place to put a knife in the side. But in the top of that package was a little New Testament. And a little note of the fifth chapter of Romans. It said, Son, Hallelujah. Read this book, praise God. It'll show you the way to glory. Amen. I may not have looked like much of a diamond semi, but praise God that day I run to that altar. That expert diamond cutter has got me up in his hands. Hallelujah. And put that short sword there. them diamonds. Let God do it. Amen. Them men that brought that paralyzed man to Jesus, they never tried to doctor him up before they got him there. They just tore off the roof and let him down. Hallelujah. And Jesus done the cutting. Amen. Yeah. Let him alone. Amen. Glory to God, amen. There's some of you preachers right now that's got a bunch of old chips and a bunch of little old things that spark a little bit. But boy, it's not real. There's not only different kinds of substitutes. There's even fool's gold. But it takes a man of training to know what's right and what's wrong. That's how I feel. Amen. Now you know. 
There's different kinds of jewelry, boys. There's that little cheap dime store quality. Edward, I wondered when you were going to come up there, boy. I want to hug your neck before I leave. I got some. <laughs> they look like they're as big as the end of a two before. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I know I don't listen. I, I can't help it. I like them. If you got any you don't want, I'll take them. I mean, I like them. I'll put them. I put them things on my wife's head. Are you the one? I said, "Why, well, yeah, I am. I'm the Well, actually, if you stole it, now they look. They ain't worth nothing. Now wait a minute. Don't laugh, preacher. You've got some of them just like that in your church. Boy, they'll sparkle when it's not raining. Amen. I mean, when everything's going fine down to church and... Oh, listen, boy, you talk about sparkling. Amen. They'll shout a little for you. Amen. You let the pressure get on. I'm going to. Fine, bless God. If you was up here, why, well, you'd think it was good pressure. And you'll never have much of a camp meeting with that kind of spirit in you. Amen. You better get that honorary cussing spirit out of you. And whoever the man is up here, if he's laying it down like it is, and telling you like it is, love him and pray for him. Why, you jaybird. Somebody ought to knock a spiritual knot on your head. You'd have to climb a ladder to screw you, my friend. You said you ain't my type. Bless God, if I get around your type, I'll fumigate for polecats. I don't want your type, hallelujah. Only thing I want, bless God, is to be anointed with the power of God. You come here with your little kind form now. It had to bounce the way you bounce it. It had to talk just like you said to talk. It had to look like you said to look. But I'm going to mind God if every one of you go home. Amen. I'm going on. Now notice. Notice this. Here's a diamond. Where did they find it at? They found it in the rough. Did I tell you anything, boy? Some of you have been passing by. That little old tar paper shack out there. There wasn't a limousine parked in the driveway. It was poor. Bunch of little ragged kids outside. And you said, well, I don't hardly believe they'll fit in to our church. Wait a minute. They were still in the rough. You get them to Jesus. 
and let him... There's my uncle. Don't stand up, boy, would you? Thank you, boy. He knows that my daddy, my daddy's a sweet Christian. You can sit down now, boy. My daddy's a sweet Christian now, and I love him. He's a precious daddy. But my daddy stayed drunk one time. I never tell this around him. I wouldn't hurt him. But for three years, am I right, son? For three years, my daddy never drawed in a sober breath. Till one day the diamond cutter got a hold of him. Praise God. Sometimes I go around him now passing through from one revival to the next. He'll say, sit down, boy, and tell me about them revivals. I saw him wobble home, drunk and limber-legged. But one day, hallelujah, God got a hold of that diamond in the rough. Amen. You better watch this costume jewelry preacher. Listen to me. It'll do you more harm than it will good. You can't lean over on it. Now stay with me. I've got about two or three more points. I'll let you go if you want to. I'm about through. I want you to notice this diamond. I want you to see it. Now the diamond cutter gets it. And he puts it in that vice. And he lays that chisel at a prescribed angle. And then carefully and cautiously, the hand is drawn back and the way flies a fall. And he goes around at the prescribed angle. Until he holds it up for observation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. Hey, Lamb. Some of you preachers like to preach now, would you? Just wait your turn, Jay Bird. Hey, Lamb. And he holds it up. For observation. You say, preacher, my diamond, boy, he just sparkles. I beg your pardon. There's not a diamond in here that sparkles. Let's go. I said they wasn't done it. Don't sit there and shake that knot head at me. I can't help it if you're wrong and I'm right. There's not a diamond ever been found that's ever sparkled. Well, what are you sitting there looking like that for? Somebody, one woman back there going. And I want to tell you something. Stay with me now. He cuts the diamond. 
and it's right at the right angle. Big up here at the top and comes down to a point. But wait, there's something else to be done. He goes over to a wheel that's got diamond dust on it. And he places that diamond up against that swiftly whirling wheel. And he holds it up there. Somebody said, what's he doing? He's polishing it. There are some of you that are grumbling about some of the circumstances you're going through. But Paul said, for we reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Amen. And so you're suffering a little bit. Let him polish you. Amen. Let him hold you up there and polish you. Oh, I know it's grievous for the moment. I know sometimes we don't like it. I know we grumble about it. But you wait till he puts us on display. Yeah. Amen. Now, wait a minute. There's something else here I want you to see. I want you to see this. Somebody said, Brother Blue, when's that diamond going to begin to sparkle? It won't. Only one time will it begin to sparkle. And only at this time. And that's when it gets in the light. Amen! And that's when that light goes down into it and hits that angle where it was polished and comes jumping back out in this old dark world. Amen. Shine, he said, if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, you have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Some of you saying, Brother Blue, what keeps it from shining is what it gets out of the light. That's why some of you aren't shining. There was a, a time the brilliance of heaven danced and glittered in your testimony. There was a time your pockets were filled with tracks. There was a time you wept. There was a time you bowed with your children in that old family altar. There was a time early in the morning your, your prayers went up to God in heaven and God looked down and heard and answered your prayer. But now they knife in your dormant, inconsistent. Knife when you've become, become belligerent and hateful and mean or arrogant. I'll tell you the only thing that'll ever, ever do you any good. And that's for God to get a hold of you. Bless God and dress you down real good and get you back out in the light. Somebody said, what do you mean? Somebody said, well, now, Brother Blue, Brother Blue, I, I'm able to shine. Let me tell you another phenomenon. Some of you believe that the moon shines. But if you look in the book of Psalms, chapter 25, I believe you will find that the moon does not shine. Am I right? But I want you to get this. Somebody said, what is it then? Well, I can look up and see the moon shine. No, you can't. 
That moon that you see up there, God's got the world in a place, the moon in a place, and the sun in a place. You ever look up and see the moon when it's just a quarter, half? Then there's times you could look at it and just barely could see it. Somebody said, what was happening? I'll tell you what happens. That moon can only shine, if you want to call it that, is when it's in the right position for the sun to reflect its rays upon it. When that sun begins to shine up there, when you just see a little bit of that moon, it's got the world in between it. The only time it can shine is when the world gets out from between it. I'm going to tell you, my friend, when you quit shining, it's when too much of the world gets between you and the S-O-N. Amen? Oh, there's too many ideas that's got too much of the world between you and the sun. Amen? And you wonder why you're not shining. But if you'll say, Lord... I want to step out in the light tonight. Let the light from the lighthouse shine on me. Shine on me. I want to shine on me, Lord. Sometimes, Brother Edgar, I feel myself getting cold. Winter time sets in. And I feel so bad. Then, hallelujah, when I fall on my knees somewhere, maybe in that old trailer sitting down yonder, it might be in Kentucky or Tennessee, it may be down on the floor of the shores of Florida, or down in the swamps, when I feel myself cold, stiff, and I fall down on my knees, said, Oh God. Lord, cleanse me. Hallelujah, D.A. When I step out in the rays of the sun and feel that warmth penetrate my old soul. Somebody said, Brother Ed, I'll tell you right now, I never have shouted, step out in the sunlight. Get them spiritual joints limbered up. Well, I've got a little old bitty three-legged Mexican Chihuahua dog weighs less than two pounds. It's got more sense than some of you church members. That's a truth, Samuel. That poor little old thing there in that old air-conditioned house every once in a while. It'll just shiver and shake. And I said, Tammy, honey, what's the matter? And he said, he'll run up to the door, Bob. And I said, you want out, Tammy? <laughs> and I'll reach for the door, Bob, and that little old tail. And I'll slam it back to playing a trick on him.
Now, there with a while, I said, you really won't. <laughs> now, I kind of cracked the door. That little old tailed away. And after a while, we got one of them glass outer doors, you know. Poor little things nearly killed itself two or three times hitting that door. After a while, I get that door open, you know, and the poor little thing thinks it's out. Wham! Right in that door to go. I can't take it no more. And I'll open that door. It'll look back up at me and just fly. It'll go out there in that green grass. You know what David said? He'll make me lay down. And it won't head for the shade trees like some of you low-down, sorry, skunkified, buzzard bait church members. But it'll get out there in that sunlight and close its little old eyes and lift its head up. And it'll just bask in that sunlight, James. Amen. Some of you are sitting in these old dead frostbit churches where that little old bitty man be pamby pussyfoot and preacher say, We are so glad to have you today. <laughs> Lord God, the next time I hope he next time he tries to gargle peanut butter, I hope he gets choked. <laughs> we are so glad to have Brother, I'll take you what I like. Some of you kids that's never been in an old-fashioned Holy Ghost service, i tell you what I like. When them old-timers, hallelujahs, walk with God, Ed, it may be in creaky, cracky floors and pops and cracks. When that old song leader that's walked with God is hid away somewhere, says, do so me do so sing, brethren, we have met to worship, and though the God Some of you in these old, dead, formalistic, modernistic, streamlined churches, where if anybody said amen. Bless God, though my soul, what's the matter, you jaybird? Somebody must have dropped you on your head when you were a baby or something. Somebody said, I hope my pastor don't find out I'm here. 
Bless God, if I know who he was, I'll tell him. Sammy, I want to go on record, bless God, and say, I like the old time way. What wonders love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. What wonders love is this, that of my soul to bliss when I was sinking down. Sinking down, sinking down. Well, I was sinking down. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul. For my soul. For my soul. Mm. But now that I'm closing by saying this, diamonds and gold, you're going through the rough a little bit now. But you wait for one of these days till God's Son puts his jewels on this throne. Hallelujah. Somebody said, what am I supposed to do in this old dark world? Praise God. There's a black background. That's the way diamonds shine the best. Somebody said, I'm not a big diamond. You don't have to be. You don't have to be a big diamond. Some of these so-called big diamonds, I guarantee they give me a lot of hell. Amen. I was down in Alabama a while back, and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying thank God for the man. Sure, I didn't have a watch. Gave me a Lucian Picard watch. Jeweler told me it was worth around $200. Now, somebody said, what makes it valuable, Brother Ed? Well, on this stem, it's got some little bitty grooves cut. Little bitty. That ain't what makes it valuable. <laughs> boy, you said, boy, there must be real, real grooves to make it cost that much. <laughs> oh, stupid. That ain't what makes it cost that much. Stupid. That ain't what makes it cost that much. <laughs> If you thought that, you're dumber than I was that dry year. And it's got some pretty little bitty hands on it. It ain't the pit that makes it more valuable either. Way down on the inside of it, Bob. Resting under a shaft. I don't have to look down in there and say, Hey, Jesus! Now, you be sure and stay faithful. No. Whether I ever praise them or not, them jewels holding up the pressure, they'll be faithful. The rest of the watch may stop, but they'll still be jewels. Preacher, that's what you were talking about a while ago, brother. They may be a lot of counterfeit and uh, a lot of false jewelry drop around us. But that that's been purchased by the blood will still be redeemed. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you right now, she'll not lose her value. 
You may be a little bitty diamond, and you may not be on the deacon board, and you may not sing in the choir, you may not be able to carry a tune, but stand in your place, and God will use you. Let's bow our heads, please.